I'm back. Season two of Candid Conversations with One Kept Woman. This season will be dedicated to telling our stories and our voices from our perspectives. What you went through, how you came out, and how you got over and on to the new you. Can't nobody tell it like you. And we will be telling our stories, my story, your story, all season long. Let's go. I'm a 37-year-old black woman. And I'm having a hysterectomy, y'all. Let me tell you my story. The hardest thing about telling your story is not knowing where to start. Like, where do I begin telling you about my journey to the point of me having a hysterectomy at 37 years old? Hmm. Well, you know what? Let's start at the beginning. (laughs) So... I'm one of those females who started puberty super early, super early at the age of nine to be exact. I remember when it happened, I was in the fourth grade at Union Elementary School. When it happened, I didn't get anxious. I wasn't confused. I already knew what was happening. And I don't remember having a conversation about it in advance, but I had older cousins, older female cousins, and I knew what a period was. So when it happened, I went to the bathroom, fixed myself up, continued with my day, went home and told my mama what happened. Okay. I was nine years old. And when I tell that story, To my female friends, they gasp. (laughs) What? You were nine years old? Yeah, I was nine. But you know what? I always felt like an older person in a young person's body. So having my menstrual cycle at nine years old was not a huge thing to me. Yeah. At the age of nine, I think I was more developed than most girls in my age range anyway um I started early with a lot of stuff you know so I'm saying all of that to say what I've researched during this whole ordeal and it has been an ordeal but anyway what I've researched is that females who begin their cycle at an earlier age are more likely to also experience menopause at an earlier age. Ta-da! So look what I have to look forward to. Hmm. But anyway, so I'm sharing that also to say that having a hysterectomy at the age of 37 really is not too far off base for a female who um, started their cycle at the age of nine like I did so anyway I'm just gonna preface that and put that out there in the beginning okay so my journey has been very interesting I'll say I started to notice changes hormonal changes around the age of 30 for me at the age of 30 I felt like I came into my womanhood do you hear me like flips hair back uh you know womanhood I'm a woman (laughs) I remember walking around saying I'm a woman I'm a woman I I think that that girlhood young adulthood fell off of me around that age and it felt glorious I felt like I sat up straighter. I felt like I carried myself with a 
a new uh, just a new perspective in general so also around that time I noticed changes in my body where I was more up and down and my normal balance of I say hormones I guess that's what you can call it but you know ladies your emotional state (laughs) of being um it just began to be more high highs low lows and I felt like I was all over the place okay so I went to the doctor and I told my doctor my doctor is an older black female at this time you know what she said to me she said um Mm, okay well um all of that sounds normal you know um what I can do is put you on birth control to try to balance it out I didn't want to be on birth control let me tell you something at this point I'd already had two kids and was done having kids and even in my childbearing quote quote days I didn't want to be on birth control pills Okay, because I'm a person, anything that I have to do every single day, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going to get done. Not every day. I might do good for a week. Then I'm going to fall off the wagon for a week or two. And I might jump back on for another week or so. Okay, I'm not good with something that I have to do every single day. No. Okay, so I've never been on birth control pills. Um, For me, I chose to use something... um, that was more of an extended period of time like a depot shot or um I used to use also the patch something that I could have done and not think about it for a while okay that worked best for me so no I don't want to be on birth control pills when I'm not even concerned about um getting pregnant at this point because at that point also my tubes were already tied oh man that's a whole nother I gotta go into that situation too but not right now okay so I'm sitting in this doctor's office I'm telling her how something is not right okay I'm not feeling like myself I know me but I'm crying at times when I don't know why I'm crying I'm laughing at times I don't know what I'm laughing about (laughs) you know ladies you know what I mean I mean you know we come to um get used to that around the time of our cycle like pms symptoms and during your cycle you know it could be a little crazy you know but this was starting to be (laughs) for an extended period of time not just based around my cycle so this was throwing out red flags to me because this is not me okay so i'm trying to explain this to her with, without bursting into tears at that moment because I'm trying to explain to her that I know me and this is not me I don't feel normal please can I have a hormone test to see if something is out of whack I feel like something is out of whack that lady looked at me and said honey you're just going through what every woman goes through and you know what else she said she said she asked me do you have a history of um, bipolar in your family? I almost fell off the table. I wanted to punch her in her throat, to be honest. And it made me angry on top of my already uh, out of control emotions and hormones. I left that office feeling very upset. She didn't do anything besides give me a prescription for birth control pills which I did have filled and it sat in my um my medicine cabinet forever till it expired because I never used it okay all right she didn't say okay she didn't discuss any other options with me she turned down the fact of me asking for a hormone hormone test okay now let me also share this at this point in time I wasn't aware that if you were turned down for any type of testing you should have your doctor to make sure that they note that in your records that they're turning you down for this test okay number one number two this is the same doctor that was also treating my mother okay my the women on my mother's side have a history 
of these type of issues, female issues. All of my aunties have had hysterectomies, full or partial, okay? This doctor knows my family history or should be aware of it, being that she treats my mom in that same office. She didn't look into my family history and look and see if there are any um, issues like that going on in, in my family or ask me that. Nope. She said, only thing she asked me about in my family history is is if anybody is bipolar. Mm. Yeah, okay, so at that point in time, I decided I don't want to go back to the doctor for a while. I'm going to look into some natural remedies to deal with this. So also being a spiritual spiritual person, I also began to really, really uh, pray about it, okay? Ask God for guidance, direction, what do I need to do? All right, so carry on. Let's see about uh, about eight years with this. Okay, I do all this research. I look into all of these plants and herbs. I try these different types of teas. I take these different types of pills. I'm ordering stuff on Etsy. I'm making a garden. I'm growing things myself, honey. I was into it. Do you hear me? Into it. All right, but I'm not seeing any changes, not seeing anything happen. Everything's still the same. Matter of fact, it starts to get worse. So, okay, I make up my mind. All right, I'm going to go back to the doctor, but I'm going to request to see a different doctor. I don't want to see the same doctor that I've been seeing. So I request a different doctor. I end up with a white female doctor. Okay, my first appointment with her. I explained to her everything that I had been experiencing, when it began, how I felt, the discomfort, the hormonal imbalance that I felt like was going on, and how I was offered the birth control pills, but I didn't take them. Um, I explained all of that to her. And also, I was anemic. Let me also say this. From from that time this is another thing that I had expressed with um the first doctor from during that time I've always had kind of heavy heavy um cycles but they were super heavy and painful so I had also expressed that okay so I explained all these things I'm anemic I have been anemic since probably a teenager since I began my cycle um I have been anemic so that was nothing new to me But I never connected the dots to understand how all of these things work together, okay? Now, that's something that a doctor should know and understand. And so, back to the story. I explained all these things um, to my doctor. And she immediately ordered tests. She immediately ordered ultrasound. Um, I had been on iron pills for a while. Um, I had to up my dosage of iron pills because my blood count and um, iron level was low. I had been having migraines since the time that I had um, went to that office visit with my doctor. Um, I was on medication for migraines. They would always be super bad around my cycle. All of these things are connected, okay? It's all dealing with the blood. All dealing with the blood. Okay, so um, she ordered all these tests. She had me to uh, schedule my appointment for my ultrasound. All right, so let's just recap a little bit. Multiple appointments with my previous doctor. Nothing happened. I was prescribed birth control pills. I switched to a new doctor. Well, first I tried every natural remedy I could think of. Nothing helped. Things seemed to get worse. I switched to another doctor. As soon as I explained everything that I was feeling, what was going on, she ordered tests. I had an ultrasound. In this ultrasound, they found three fibroids. Okay. um, Ranging from the size of three centimeters to seven. (sighs) So... Now, I'm in the position where I have to make a decision about having a hysterectomy. This was at the age of 35. Okay? I'm I'm ready. I'm at this point, I'm like, okay. <sighs> My tubes are tied anyway. I don't plan to have more kids. I'm tired of these heavy cycles. 
I can't even go out during my cycle because I have to take multiple changes of clothes. That's how bad it was. And the pain sometimes felt like contractions. I would literally be on my knees in pain. And um, the migraines were getting worse. And I didn't like it. I didn't like all of those things. And I didn't like taking the migraine medication. So, okay, yeah, let's do this. Let's let's schedule the surgery. All right. So, I, I, I make the decision to have the surgery. And I'll tell you what happens next. You're listening to Candid Conversations with One Kept Woman. And we're telling my story, your story, and all of our stories all season long. Okay, so this is where we are. I'm at the point of making the decision to go forth with a hysterectomy. Okay, I'm scheduled for my first appointment with the OBGYN to have this conversation. So I go into my appointment. It's somewhat of a new doctor. She's new. She's young, but she's super sweet. Okay, Um, during that appointment, she basically looks over everything. She um, looks at the... A radiologist report from the ultrasound. She talks to me about the fibroids. She talks to me about the procedure. Uh, my options as far as what type of surgery I would prefer to have. Um, she tells me the next step is basically coming back again for pre-op. And at that point, I will sign the paperwork and have um, my surgery scheduled. All right. Sounds good. She told me to bring a witness with me when I sign my paperwork. All right. So I'm preparing myself, preparing my mind for this. My next appointment, I bring my mom. We come into the the office. There are all kind of, well, in the um, doctors, in the room, in the actual room. There's all types of uh, tools and utensils laid out. <laughs> Ladies, we know what that means. Like you've been having pap smears. You know, when you see these certain tools laid out it's like okay and I'm looking at them and my mama's sitting over there in the corner and she's like um are you having a pap smear or something I'm like oh no that can't be for me that's probably for their next patient after me because she told me I'm signing paperwork that's why you're here as a witness so I'm not worried about that all right here comes my doctor hey hey how you doing how you doing okay yeah uh-huh um okay so yeah we're gonna go ahead and do your biopsy today uh, huh what by who do what now i was <laughs> i was in such shock i was in such shock y'all do you hear me okay a biopsy on who who having a who you must you must be confused wait a minute hold on my name is marquita look at your look at your paperwork you must you think you're in the wrong room i'm maybe i'm in the wrong room what's happening here oh yeah that's a part of the procedure whenever you have um, a hysterectomy one of the first steps we have to do is have a biopsy and the biopsy is performed so that we can test the tissue and make sure that there's no cancer or anything involved and i'm like okay but you didn't tell me that ma'am you told me i was coming in today to sign paperwork you said nothing about a biopsy a liopsy piopsy chiopsy no no ma'am and i told her um i'm not trying to be funny or anything i'm not trying to be difficult but no i know what a biopsy is rewind uh like five years prior i had gone with my sister to hold her hand in a biopsy and sister girl was in there screaming 
and wiggling on the table, honey. Oh no, baby. Y'all think y'all gonna pull me out of my out of my bed? No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 baby, no. Um, yeah, so I got up out of there. I left and I was petrified and traumatized and all of that because I really thought I was going in to sign paperwork to have my surgery scheduled and go in, have my surgery and be done with this. And I know y'all might be saying, well, baby, if you're ready to have a surgery, you can't have a biopsy. Listen, I get that perspective and I get that way of thinking, but I am a very, um, hmm. I have to prepare myself for things like that. I don't even know the right way to what to describe myself as, but I have to process. I have to process things like that. From that experience of me holding my sister's hand while she screamed and squirmed during her biopsy, all I could see was that. It just flashed in my in my mind like with red lights. And I am a sensitive person my tolerance to pain is low okay I have a low pain tolerance all right so um yeah I have to be mentally and emotionally prepared for something like that had I had known that in advance I could have talked to myself um in between those appointments and prepared myself for it okay I I was not prepared I was not prepared all right anyway so yeah that scared me and I left and I didn't come back and I didn't reschedule and I didn't do anything for a little over a year okay and why did I come back I'm gonna tell you why I ended up having to reschedule all of these appointments because I literally felt the pressure in my um my lower pelvic from these fibroids it started to become so uncomfortable that I could not lay on my back I could not lay on my side it's getting ridiculous and it's getting in the way of a lot of stuff like any type of physical activities if you get my hint like it's it's annoying it's aggravating it's almost like (laughs) it's almost like you're pregnant but you're not pregnant with just a child it's like you're having a litter of puppies or kittens or something and it was super uncomfortable I could lay on my back and literally feel the the pressure literally feel the fibroids and even whenever I would um turn over in the bed at night I could feel them shift I could feel them shift inside of me and it's just the most disgusting feeling ever okay so I'm like okay I need to go back I need to go back and try to walk through this process you know at this point I had been praying fasting laying hands on myself um asking for prayer on every prayer line group that I was in and receiving the word of healing from different people yet there was nothing happening like I'm still feeling all of this pressure I'm beginning to have irregular cycles, something I never had um, to where my all through my life, my cycles have been clockwork, 28 day cycles. Every female doesn't have that. But me, I've always had that. And um, but at this point, my cycles, uh, I begin to have a lot of breakthrough bleeding throughout the month, random bleeding. And I just knew something wasn't right, that this thing was getting worse. OK, so. I had a conversation with my husband about it. I decided to march myself right back to that doctor's office and try this again, okay? With much prayer. All right, so I scheduled a new appointment um, back at the same OBGYN. The previous doctor is no longer there, so they give me a new doctor. It's a black lady. I am so elated. You know, I'm thinking, sister girl is going to understand me, understand where I'm coming from. This is going to be a better experience. Um, I'm excited, okay? I go to my appointment. I have another ultrasound. Um, and they actually find in this new ultrasound that I now have seven 
No longer three, but now seven fibroids. Mm-hmm. Yep. Seven. Wow. I am just shocked. Well, shocked a little because it just seems now more urgent and pressing that I have this taken care of. These are uterine fibroids, mind you. Let me say that because they're different types of fibroids. All of these fibroids are inside of my uterus, my womb, where I carried my babies, okay? All right, so I go and sit down with my new doctor. She's a black lady. I'm like, hey, girl, but she's not treating me like, hey, girl, hey. She's just like, okay, you have seven fibroids. And um, she explained a lot to me. And I... I explained to her how I had started the process but stopped it because of what had happened. Homegirl showed no empathy, no compassion. She was indifferent. And I asked a lot of questions. She seemed kind of offended at my questions as if I was questioning her expertise, her knowledge. Um, Because what I was trying to find out is if there was any way whatsoever that I could have this surgery without having a biopsy and she kind of went through the whole spiel of why they do it in that order which is understandable she told me my options on other ways to have the biopsy done she told me um she basically tried to check me and with that perspective of so you're willing to have a surgery but not willing to have a biopsy And I told her, listen, my process, your process, another lady's process is not the same. I know I'm going to be fully awake during a biopsy. I've been with someone who had a biopsy. It was not pretty. And I know my tolerance to pain is low. Homegirl didn't care anything about what I was saying. Okay? My heart was crushed. (laughs) Maybe I'm super sensitive. I am. Y'all listen. As black women, sometimes I think we just go numb to pain. It's like, oh, I'm a strong black woman. No, baby, I'm not no strong black woman. I'm weak sometimes, and it's okay. It's okay. But I I received no empathy, <laughs> no support, no compassion, no understanding in that appointment. She basically told me, look, baby, your uterus is supposed to be the size of your now ladies if you just take your hand and hold it out in front of you and look at the part of your hand um minus your fingers that's supposed to be the size of your uterus she explained to me that with all the fibroids inside of my uterus my uterus is so stretched and it's just like full of fibroids and the fibroids um have weighted my uterus down so my uterus is even sagging like it's down low it really down low in my pelvic region and it's causing a lot of issues and like yeah I know this isn't I I feel it every day so basically the urgency of me having this procedure done and the fact that um the biopsy is necessary and needed to make sure there is no cancerous cells going on okay I understand all of that logically i understand it it makes sense practically but my emotions are doing something different okay all right so leaving this appointment i have a lot to think about i leave and i'm sitting in my car and the tears just start to pour and i'm crying like a baby out in my car after this appointment because at this point this is an issue I've been dealing with for almost 10 years and I'm just over it I'm over the way the doctors have handled me throughout the years I'm over the way I've been talked to and treated I'm over this issue in my body that's causing me so much pain and discomfort I'm just over it and I feel like When I go to these appointments, no one is understanding me, okay? They're not, it's like I'm on a assembly line of women who come in for these issues and it's just get them in and get them out. And this is the procedure. This is the way that it it works. A, B, C, D. This is what we do. Okay. 
And I, I, I guess most women must go in there and throw their legs wide open for the biopsy and just say, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am to everything and go through the procedure with no questions, no thoughts, no feelings. But that's not me. That's not me. And it seems to be that's something that <laughs> I am the thorn in people's flesh when it comes to to tradition or a way that things are always done. I'm always the, um, what, how do you say the, you know, when there's a rule and then there's always that one that's outside of the rule. I'm always the exception. I'm always the exception to the rule. Okay. All right, so I'm kind of beating myself up, but at the same time, I'm trying to encourage myself. Like, no, it's not your fault. Uh, and on the other hand, it's like, well, just do it. They say, why you always got to be so difficult? Why you can't just do it? And everybody else is probably just going along. Then on the other hand, I'm like, no, but you know how you feel. And they're doctors. They should have empathy. And so... <laughs> so I'm sitting in my car I call my girlfriend and I'm crying and she's like who did it sis wait where you at sis who did where what is it you know (laughs) she's my little pop-off patty she's ready to fight and I'm explaining everything to her and she's like next time you put me on the phone like this is during a pandemic so no one can go with you into your appointment so you're at the mercy of these doctors at this time you know at this point in time and she's like no next time you have me on the phone and let me speak to her and I'm gonna tell her blah 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 okay so she's ready to pop off and I'm like yeah friend yeah she 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 listening she mean to me she was mean to me okay so we're going back and forth (laughs) at this point I've driven over to the grocery store because I had errands to run and I'm just sitting in the car like on video chat with my sister girl and we're just going back and forth and I'm crying and she's listening to me and she's ready to pop off on the doctor just what I needed she was just what I needed at that time (laughs) I love her so so anyway so she's like it's okay it's okay friend it's gonna be okay you know you're gonna get through this they should do better and you know all of this good stuff all right so I'm a person who does surveys let me just put that out there I do surveys everywhere I go I have this thing on my phone that um any place that I go of course Google knows everything you do and say y'all know that right y'all know y'all know that right so anyway so why not get something back for it that's the way I see it so I have this thing on my phone where it's called Google Rewards. Check it out if you don't have it. Get it. It's just free stuff based on your surveys. Look at me. Listen to me doing a little uh, plug here. Anyway, so everywhere I go, I get surveys to um, how many stars, my experience or whatever. And I always do those. And when I go to doctor appointments, when I get the survey in my email, I always complete that survey. I always do. All right, so I get a survey about my experience at the OBGYN. I let them have it. Signed anonymously. Because <laughs> I did not put my name on it. But I knew that they knew who I was. You want to know how I knew? You don't know how I knew. When I went back to my next appointment, um, this is the appointment to schedule the biopsy um and have another conversation I don't remember exactly what this appointment was but it wasn't the biopsy but it was in advance of the biopsy this time totally different experience my doctor was super sweet honey she could not be sweeter to me all right I know she saw that survey so now all of a sudden oh you know what I can do for you I can give you this medication, this pain medication in advance um, for you to take before your procedure. And I'm like, oh, really? That's a new option? Um, I didn't think to ask for something like that. Didn't know that that was available. So thank you for offering it to me. Um, So yeah, so we scheduled the, the biopsy, which was huge for me. I'm praying about it. I'm having nightmares about it. <laughs> I'm having dreams about it. And basically, you know, I'm casting down thoughts constantly of myself in that doctor's office, screaming my head off, 
and squirming on that table. But I'm trying to soothe myself. I'm trying to tell myself all good things, all good things, and that the medication is going to help. All right, so in advance of this biopsy, I have a week of horrible Um, period cramping and migraines like almost a whole full week like none other I have not had a a longer period of time of migraines and cramping than I had had this week all right so in advance of this procedure I'm already taking my migraine pills like at this point almost two to three times a day just to be able to only be able to sleep off the migraines without sleeping with migraines waking up with migraines okay so I had been taking more medication than I would usually take on any at any given time during this week and so I feel I start to feel a little better also during this time I'm having elevated blood pressure okay I'm having elevated blood pressure I'm having migraines I'm bleeding profusely everything bad all right so I take my um, pills that I'm supposed to take in advance of my procedure I supposed I was supposed to take them I think 30 minutes before the procedure so I did everything that I was supposed to do I could feel the pill I think it was a Valium I could feel it it didn't make me more relaxed it made me feel a little light and floaty so I'm thinking okay this could be good I'm going in for this procedure I go in there I'm bracing myself and I'm telling myself, you can do this, Marquita. It's okay. You've got this. You're going to get past this so that you can have your surgery, so that you can feel better, so that you can live your life. Okay? You got this, girl. And I'm hearing my best friend in my ear. I'm hearing my dream team girls in my ear. Uh, this team that I'm on were my two most supportive sister girls um we talk about things like this and they have been encouraging me and supporting me and loving on me we have been praying about it in advance so I'm just hearing everybody's voice rah-rah cheering me on okay so listen (laughs) that procedure was exactly like I feared it to be I was in there screaming worse than child labor And I don't want to get graphic to really describe what this procedure is. I don't want to get too graphic. But listen, this procedure is like barbaric to me, for one. And I feel like it should be a procedure that is that you should be put to sleep for or totally numb waist down. Like, give me an epidural for this. (laughs) Am I soft? I might just be soft. Am I dramatic? I may just be dramatic. But hey, listen, if I'm dramatic, my sister is also dramatic. And I had this procedure done with, and I mean, I felt like I had been raped and ravaged. Okay. When they, when the doctor, the doctor and they were, the doctor and the nurse were just so nonchalant and kind of indifferent to my pain there were two black women and they were really kind of indifferent to my pain as if my pain was shocking to them as if I was being just overly dramatic and faking that's the vibe that I got from them which was hurtful um so they the doctor told me she wasn't able to get a lot of tissue but hopefully the amount that they got um was enough to be tested Okay, so at this point, I'm just happy that I've made it through the procedure. They go out of the room, and I'm just in tears. I'm laying, still laying back on the table, and I'm crying like a baby, okay? I'm just letting the tears flow because it that was bad pain. That was bad pain. Okay, but I'm also just relieved that it's over, all right? And so I leave from that appointment. I tell my girlfriends, I did it, y'all. I made it. I got past the biopsy. Hallelujah. You know, and we're just all just talking and cheering. And, you know, they're encouraging me and congratulating me. And my one friend that had already been through it, she was like, yeah, girl, that thing is painful. I didn't want to tell you that in the beginning because you were already, you know, kind of shook about it. But I understand Cause I told her, I told them that this was exactly what I feared it to feel like it, like the, the pills did not help. Okay. So now I'm waiting on the results of the biopsy. I'm hoping for 
um, everything to be fine and clear, no signs of anything harmful so that I can move forward with the surgery. Okay. All right. I think I told one part in advance that I shouldn't have said yet, but anyway, I'm able to go online and check my charts, check my appointments and things, um, online for my, um, doctor appointments. So I'm checking it daily. Like I keep checking it and to see if the results have come in yet. I go on there to check because I was concerned about concerned about my blood pressure, which had been elevated over my last three appointments and my weight had been fluctuating as well. Cause there's a lot of bloating that you, that you have whenever you have this type of issue going on. So I was just checking into all of that because I planned on going back to see my primary care doctor about my blood pressure to see if I needed to do something about that. Anyway, so in the midst of me checking on that, I see the doctor's notes about, um, my biopsy why did I even read it because her notes basically uh stated what I said earlier that they were only able to get a small amount of tissue not sure if that would be enough that I did not handle the procedure well even though I had had um ibuprofen and Valium in advance and I mean why did I sit there and cry reading that I cried like a baby because I felt like this was the hardest thing for me to do. And yeah, it just felt heartbreaking because I I was thinking to myself, now what if I went through all of that and I'm not able to have the surgery because they didn't get enough tissue. And then I have to continue to deal with this doctor who just does not seem to, even though she's treating me nice in person, probably because of that survey, in her doctor's notes, she just seems to, um, yeah, not really care for me. Like, yeah. Anyway, so now I have this fear of what if I can't have the surgery? What if it wasn't enough tissue? Um, all right. So I end up getting a call probably about a week and a half later that they were able to test the tissue and that there's no cancer cells present. Therefore, I can move forward with the procedure. <sighs> oh my gosh, that was such a relief. That was such a huge relief for me. So, all right, so I began the process of scheduling everything. They told me probably would be months out. That's not something I wanted to hear. Anyway, I scheduled my first appointment with the doctor who would be actually, um, um, doing the procedure and they had it scheduled like a month and a half out now in the midst of that probably a couple of weeks later I'm thinking to myself okay I'm tired of this pain let me just call back up to this doctor's office and see if possibly they have any earlier appointments available I mean you, you never know you never know if you don't ask and I'm glad I asked because I was able to get an appointment that same week Something has shifted with the doctor's schedule where, where the doctor had opened up, um, opened himself up to more point, more appointments later in the day. So I scheduled my appointment for three o'clock, um, at the end of that week. And I was so excited, so happy because this was getting the ball rolling. Okay. Now, after all of this, after all of this, now let me tell you about my experience on the day of my first appointment with the doctor who would actually be performing my surgery. OMG. I'll be right back and I'll tell you about it. I'm not lying. I'm testifying. Y'all tell Lifetime, I'm ready to tell my story on Candid Conversations with One Kept Woman. Okay, so I've made it all the way to this point, y'all, where I am having my first appointment with the doctor who was going to actually perform my surgery, my hysterectomy, and I'm super excited. I marked this day on my calendar. Um, I set my day in advance to be prepared for this appointment. 
okay, they sent me all this paperwork to fill out in advance and to bring with me. They told me to be there 30 minutes prior to my appointment. Now, mind you, the appointment location is like an hour from me. All right. So, all right. So I'm excited and I'm ready. Here, here's the day. The day comes where um, it's time for my appointment. I had a plan for that day. I ended up with a pop-up visitor who I was not expecting. Okay, that kind of threw me a little bit. I had already laid out my stuff. I made sure my paperwork was sitting out on a table um, where I would automatically see it on my way out the door to make sure that I didn't forget it. All right, this person pops up. I moved things around um, for them. I ended up putting my my um, putting something over the top of my paperwork. Anyway, okay, so I'm getting dressed. I'm getting ready. I'm about to head out the door. Um, running a little late, but thinking, okay, I can make up the time on the road. Okay, so I leave the house and get down the street and realize I forgot something. I had to turn around and come back. All right, I leave the house again and I get even further down the street and I realize I forgot my paperwork. What are you doing, Marquita? I'm so frustrated at this point. I turn around and I come back and get my paperwork and I am like out of breath running from the car into the house, back to the car. <sighs> All right, so now my anxiety level is high. I get about 15 minutes from my house. Traffic is backed all the way up um, on the usual route that I take. I whip my car around and go a different way, okay? And I hit the back roads. And then um, I run into another um, accident where there's traffic backed up. I'm hyperventilating at this point. Um, based on GPS, it's telling me I'm going to be about uh, 20 minutes late. Okay. At this point, I decide I need to call the doctor's office and let them know and see if it's even worth my trip. Would they still be able to see me? Okay. So I call them. The front desk a person is super sweet. She's like, yeah, um, this is your three o'clock appointment. She's running late. Blah, 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 blah. She'll be here in about 10 minutes. Okay, sweetie. Yeah, come on in. It's okay. You know, um, whenever you get here, make sure you come to the front of the building and come around this way and that way. Okay. All right. So, um, while I'm on the phone with her, I passed my exit. OMG. I am freaking out. Now, the 10 minutes that I told her that I was late turns into 20 minutes. And I just have this knot in the pit of my stomach and I'm hyperventilating. And I begin to pray and I ask God to um, give me grace to um, make the way straight, make the crooked path straight, to um, just allow me grace in this visit that somehow some way they would have an opening for me that maybe they're behind for the day or whatever what have you in order for me to be able to keep my appointment and not have to reschedule and I just begin to take deep breaths and calm myself down (sighs) okay I get there a whole 45 minutes late do you hear me 45 minutes late now I am feeling like the scum of the earth (laughs) I'm feeling like ma'am why are you even here are you dumb they're not gonna see you you really gonna walk in there like these are the thoughts I'm, I'm I'm having and casting down and telling myself it's okay it's okay you're okay you're okay that's my self-soothing tool those are my self uh self-soothing words it's okay you're okay you're okay you're okay okay so I'm walking in and I'm just telling myself but my heart is pounding and I'm sweating and I have this knot in the pit of my stomach okay so I'm telling myself it's okay it's okay you're okay even if they can't see you it's okay it's not the end of the world they'll still you know you'll reschedule and everything will be okay it's okay so I walk in and the front the the um the nurse at the front desk I'm I must look a mess apparently because she's like oh sweetie it's okay you're okay you made it like <laughs> you made it you're here no worries I know it's hard finding this place it's hard getting in here it's a lot of traffic and blah 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 and I'm just like yeah and I was I had 
had a panic attack and uh, you know and she's like it's okay oh no 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 don't worry you're here it's okay we're gonna see you everything's okay so now I'm like oh I'm I'm relieved but I'm still trying to calm myself down internally um because I had already um prepared myself that I could get rejected at the at the door okay so anyway I have a seat and then the nurse comes to get me. The nurse is super sweet. Everybody's just so nice that I'm just like, ah, y'all are so nice. I'm not used to this experience. I've had so many bad experiences in these doctor's office. Okay. Now that's not even the kicker. Now the doctor comes in. The doctor is a um, middle-aged white male. He comes in. He's like, hey, how are you? Okay. Um, I read all of um, your doctor's notes on the biopsy and everything. And, um, you know, I was glad that we had enough tissue to test. So glad that part is over. And, you know, I read everything. So I'm not going to recount all of that. And he just sits down in the chair and he says, so tell me your story. Listen, y'all, I was floored at this point. Like, what? tell you my story what do you you want to hear you want to hear my story (laughs) you want to hear what I've gone through you want to know how I've felt in this journey (laughs) are you serious and (laughs) during this time you guys know we're in a pandemic so everybody has on these masks so you know when a person is talking to you you're either giving them eye contact or some people look at um the person's mouth when they're talking uh some people don't even look at a person when they're talking i'm telling you this doctor is staring so deeply in my eyes that i'm afraid to look away okay i'm afraid that if i look away and break eye contact that um I may look like suspicious or as if I'm not telling the truth in my story because he is staring at me so intently as I tell him my story that I think we together I think me and the doctor had a love connection I think we I think we're dating I think we're probably married that was that was like a covenant gaze I think we're together now I'm just gonna say that (laughs) oh my gosh and I'm having all these thoughts in my mind like okay why is he staring at me like this um is he for real like okay he's super attentive what is happening here is this real am I on candid camera everybody here is super sweet and nice should I run are they trying to um take my organs like what is happening here And at the same time, I'm telling myself, relax, Marquita. This is the experience that you have been asking for. This is the experience that you have been praying about and saying that this is the way it should be when you go to the doctor. So here, this is it. Enjoy it, you know? All right, so after that, so he, he tells me, okay, after I tell him my story, he's like, oh, wow, you know, I'm so glad that you've made it to this point from here on, you know, we're going to take good care of you. Just know that you're not going to have to worry about this, this, and that, and the procedure, this is what you can expect. This is how your day will go on the day of surgery. Afterwards, you should, um, experience this, this, and this, this shouldn't change, you know, um, and these things should, you know, be different for you and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, okay, 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 yeah, I'm ready to do this. I'm just ready to do this. Okay, so we we walk out to schedule my next appointment. Um, back to the front desk clerk, who is this uh, super sweet Latina. And um, she's telling me a way that I can go back home that's less traffic because that traffic traumatized me. I didn't realize that being in this pandemic and being home a lot, um, that... I, my tolerance level for traffic and the way people drive on the interstate, uh, was significantly lower. And I was on the roads, like not only was I late and anxious from being late, but I was also, uh, having anxiety from the way people were driving and all of that stuff. But I didn't, like I said, I didn't realize that during this pandemic, obviously, I had not been on the road that much on the interstate in traffic. And that is also something that you have to be mentally prepared for or um, used to. 
So anyway, she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, girl, it's okay. I want to tell you another way to go back. And you can go this way and it's less traffic. You don't have to get on the interstate. And I'm just like, oh, y'all are so sweet. And, and then the doctor walks back up and make sure you take good care of her. Make sure you get this paperwork filled out for her. And I'm just looking at both of them like, are y'all trying to kidnap me? Y'all trying to kidnap me, ain't you? Y'all trying to take me. And I'm like, Lord, let me make it out of this office. Like, what's happening here? And then they're also complimenting me. <laughs> the the uh, the the front desk lady, she's like, oh, you're so beautiful. You're such a pretty girl. And I'm thinking to myself, ma'am, you can't see anything. You can't even see my, my mouth and my nose. Like, what? Okay. I'll leave that appointment. And I am trying to process what just happened here (laughs) I mean all good things don't get me wrong but just so opposite from the experiences that I had been having and I could only thank God I could only give all praises and honor to God for that and I just believe that my surgery will be the same um in the midst of this process so um At this point, my surgery is scheduled. It's on the calendar. It is about three weeks away and I'm very excited. And I'm also processing it emotionally and mentally. Um, Just the idea of not having a womb anymore. No longer having a uterus as a woman. No longer having a uterus. Like, what? But I know that I'm not having any more kids shucks I'm about to be a grandmama and that's a whole nother story that I may share at another point in time but just the thought of not having a womb has been something that I've had to process (sighs) but it's okay God has confirmed to me that I will still birth I will still birth and bring forth my natural womb is not my only womb I have a spiritual womb and I will still birth and bring forth many babies and I will nurture many babies. And so that was reassuring for me and it helped me throughout this process to be able to let this thing go for the better, for uh, my benefit so that I can regain my vitality in life so that I can, um, be able to live life more freely and I'm just excited about that and I have um a few things in the works that um I'm looking into doing after my procedure is over and it's all going to be celebratory it's going to be celebratory for the fact that I am now free from this issue that I have dealt with for about 10 years now and I'm free to live in a new way in this next part of my journey. And I intend to celebrate that. I intend to celebrate that and celebrate myself for having made it through. So I'll be back with part two to share my experience uh, after my surgery and to share my um, bounce back, (laughs) which I expect to be glorious to share um, my hopes and expectations and whether they are realized as far as um, me um, balancing out hormonally, me not having any more migraines, me not having um, to deal with anemia, me not having to deal with high blood pressure issues and all of that because I am really believing that after this is all said and done that I will balance out as a woman that I will um, go forth into this next chapter of my life free from those issues and be able to also um, get more healthy like exercising because also that feeling of pressure and discomfort in my pelvic area it just keeps me from from being able to um, be as active as I would like to be as well, uh, along with the fatigue that you experience with being anemic and the migraines, all of those things just all, they're not a good combination for health, for for health-wise. So, so yeah, that's my story, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to comment here and I'll talk to you the next time.
Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Candid Conversations with One Kept Woman. I hope this story has empowered you to make adjustments in your life for the new you. And when you do, I hope you also tell your story. Until then, stay kept.